Hello and welcome to the Blasphemous Pope Cathedral. I am your Blasphemous Pope, Harry, and before we get into sermon number 19, Biological Fascism, let us talk about our friends, shall we? First and foremost, Vincent Easley with Real Liberty Media Radio. That is a liberty-themed uh, internet radio station found at reallibertymedia.com. Currently, they are undergoing a bit of a facelift and some content uh, restructuring. Speaking of which, we have Donna Van Meter and Amy Lynn Russell starting a show on Real Liberty Media called Broad Assumptions. Moving right along, we have Star O'Hara at Substack. You can reach out to Star O'Hara if you want to be involved in her extremist being awesome uh, motivation and uh, accountability group. You reach out to her at starohara at protonmail.com. She also has another book coming out, a companion book to her previous uh, book called uh, How to Survive Dystopia with Your Humanity Intact. Uh, Be on the lookout for that if you are a member of Extremist Being Awesome. It is one of the perks of that, uh, that membership. So... If you are interested in getting uh, the companion book to her, her prior book, you, uh, you can get that easily by becoming a member of Extremist Being Awesome. Nathan Frazier, the master of the dark arts of marketing. If you are looking to better um, your marketing strategy, your marketing game, get your message out there, I can't think of a better person to seek out than Nathan Frazier. He has plenty of free or very low-cost resources uh, for you to take advantage of. You can find him on all the socials and YouTube as well. Uh, Just look up Success Magica and he will come up. Other friends of the Blasphemous Pope podcast, we have Christy Caruana over on Instagram, Kennedy Joy, We Trade Free in London Gardens over on Twitter, Um, A Little Nugs Bunny over on Twitter as well. She has an anchor podcast, but I'm a really bad friend, and I completely forgot the name of it. I should write it down so I remember. But today is not that day, uh, unfortunately. Uh, And we also have Mike Witt over on Instagram. These are uh, people who have helped uh, get the voice of the Blasphemous Pope out there and... I appreciate each and every one of them. If you wish to become one of these people and you want to get your project shouted out here on the Blasphemous Pope, all you have to do is become a listener supporter and for as little as 99 cents a month, uh, we will make that happen. The other source of income for this uh, podcast, just to put it up front, is ads, and I do apologize for that, but... Um, There are projects that I'm doing that kind of require funding, and I don't make enough money at my day job to do that. So I had monetized this specifically for the goal of financing the projects that are attached to this. Uh, Those projects, you can find them on my social, any of my socials. You just have to look up my name, Harry Felker, and you will find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, what have you. Uh, and there are videos and photos of, of the stuff I am doing here. Those things being uh, a porch or 
patio composting uh, situation because I live in an apartment, not a house. I don't have uh, physical land. Uh, I'm also doing a balcony grow and a hydroponic indoor grow specifically to capitalize on the listeners here who do not have property and have limited space to show that it is possible to produce at least something for yourselves uh, and not be completely dependent upon the system. Uh, you can also look up my uh, webpage uh, at harryfelker.wordpress.com where I will have uh, complimentary blogs to these podcasts uh, if there is necessary information or diagrams or things like that that need to be put in place this is the place where you would find those now when we come back uh, we're going to talk about the this sermon uh, to be completely clear the sermon is based off of an executive order that came from the current president of the United States Joseph Biden I hope to see you then bye And thank you for coming back after that short ad break. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, Before we get into the sermon, I just want to make a small announcement about content. We are going to be doing a sermon after this one, sermon number 20, and then we're going to be rolling directly into a new meditation line, which, uh, or or series, which is going to be about water. And uh, seeing as water is one of those very important things, just like food, we are... um, we are going to be spending a little time on how to get, how to clean, how to store uh, water, and what the ramifications of the government in Toto is about water reclamation. With all that said, Sermon 19, Biological Fascism. The urge to save humanity is almost always only a false face for the urge to rule it. H. L. Mencken. The United States is no stranger to fascism. I would be remiss to not mention my beliefs that the United States was fascist before fascism was even a term. When I say the word fascism, I mean the actual definition, the the person who coined the term, uh, Mussolini, Uh, was uh, very clear that fascism was nothing more than the marriage of state and corporate power. Uh, I add on to that um, the marriage of state and corporate power to rule over people, to um, take away freedoms from people. That is what fascism is and its end result. In this regard, Biden is not special. The, the roots of fascism are very, very deep in the United States, um, and that is not really a secret. Uh, so 
why are we talking about Biden and biological fascism? Well, in on September 12th, 2022, Joe Biden had signed an executive order titled Executive Order on Advancing Biotechnology and Biomanufacturing Innovation for a Sustainable, Safe, and Secure American Bioeconomy. Now, the road here is paved with good intentions, I suppose you could say. On the, on the surface, optically, it looks like well, the government is trying to foster more, more STEM technology and get to the next level. But in light of what happened over the last two years, I can't, um, I can't let that slide. The, the nice face about this and the nice title about this, about how they're going to help companies advance biotechnology, um, it kind of has a really sour taste in my mouth considering the last two years. Uh, if you were not willing to engage in what turned out to be exactly an experiment on human beings for the COVID-19 vaccine, well, then you were almost ousted from society. The United States government went as far as to attempt to make it mandatory for you to be able to be part of human society to have to have this vaccine to take part in this experiment and um, I can't let that slide um, that is a human rights violation that is a um, a violation of the uh, uh, Geneva Convention that's that's what that is I mean there was you know F, that was the result of uh, what had happened during World War II that you know unwilling medical experimentation was not you know to be allowed that was considered a war crime and here we are uh, so um the the whole problem here i have is that the united states government was pushing pharmaceutical products that were neither safe nor effective and it took over uh, a year for us to find out exactly how ineffective and how unsafe these things were and there are still people living that dream that that this is the answer to the COVID-19 uh, pandemic that um, sometimes Biden says is over but sometimes it's not um, I, the United States government has been really weird on that when we come back we're going to be talking about what is in this executive order I'll see you then Welcome back. All right, so before we get into the nitty-gritty here, let's just put this out there in the description. I am going to be putting a link to this executive order so you can read it for yourself. Uh, it's kind of long. It's a long read, and the things that just popped out to me right off the cuff are the things I'm going to be talking about. So first and foremost, in the second paragraph, it 
immediately references COVID-19 and vaccines. And it's not that this surprises me. The minute they're talking about biotechnology, um, the first thing that, you know, I'm going to think of is the whole debacle that they created over the last two years. So not big, no big surprise there. But my real problem is that the tone of this entire executive order is about streamlining and reducing approval times. And if there's one thing that we should know, that in the last year we found out that most of the things that people were calling conspiracy theories, which were actually just a, hey, they don't really know this because they haven't had time to test it, uh, those, those are actually the case. And um, the untold horrors that may be side effects of the mRNA vaccines, uh, those are still yet to come, whether or not they're going to come. And, and I, for one, hope that uh, people who are very against being forced to be vaccinated are wrong. I, I myself wish I am wrong. But you know the science is pretty clear so far we're kind of batting a thousand here and the people who are shut up follow the science and get the get the shot are not doing so well so right right off the bat it's saying let's deregulate and let's cut the approval times down for uh medical technology biotechnology um that is the first thing that they're really talking about in this executive order. The second thing is there, there's a lot of talk about genetics and genetic databases. Now, I'm on a federal genetic database. I am on the NICS database. Uh, I am not legally allowed to own a firearm, and the FBI has a complete record of my my genes. That's that's just the way it is. It's sort of like I went to 23andMe, except I didn't get the cool graphic. So anyone else that went to 23andMe, the United States government also has access to your genome information. So just putting it out there, that was something that was known about four years ago. Um, now, the disturbing part about this, the, the uh, sci-fi dystopian part about this is it specifically re uh, references using genetics to program cells, which is, yes, that's in a very basic sense how that works, but um, the putting it so nonchalantly as if, you know, a computer programmer programming a, c a computer, uh, it's, it's not that simple. And... Um, Discussing it in such a light really lends me to believe that they don't know what kind of Pandora's box they're going to open and they just want to do it because it will create jobs and it will benefit the people who are handing the money under the table. Um, the other thing about this is that the 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 remainder after they're talking about the biotechnology and speed weighing things through FDA and and other regulatory uh, committee approvals is the long-standing financial uh, entitlements it's well into the next presidency not so much like I'm expecting Joe to make uh, the 2024 elections or a Democrat to win the 24 24 elections 
I know a politician will win, so they will probably just let this keep going. But there is, you know, the whole reality that uh, these financial engagements are going to be very long-standing. Um, and there's direct mention of state and corporate entities having communications about um, this, uh, uh, this technology. So much so it's eerily similar to the whole thing that happened with big tech where um, these technological companies were sitting there in Congress having conversations about policy. When we come back, let's talk about why it's concerning. Welcome back. Uh, thank you for coming back. Uh, so why is this concerning? Uh, first and foremost, the pharmaceutical industry in and of itself. I can't stress this enough. After the last two years, and I know I sound like a broken record, uh, trusting anything that comes from the pharmaceutical industry is madness at this point. Um, the language of this entire executive order seeks to cut the red tape for chosen businesses and um, that is market manipulation that is um, you know the the government deciding who's going to win and who's going to lose in the market and that's in and of itself a problem but um, every single time that the uh, that the government has taken away a any way, shape, or form of a level playing field uh, for businesses. The business that wins out via government help usually ends up giving the worst form of the product that they're trying to sell. Um, and that's the plain truth. There, There is talk in the same vein with the pharmaceutical industry uh, as far as the agricultural industry in this country is concerned. Now, um, with all of this push for insect-based diets, I think that, uh, and yeah, this is a little conspiracy theory-ish here, that the United States government is preemptively making it possible for very unsafe insect-based foods to make it to market. Now, there are insect-based foods in the market, but in general, um, there is something in the neighborhood of a 78% chance that you are going to get parasites from eating um, insects. Uh, that's, that's just a fact, Jack. Um, now, whether or not cooking them gets rid of the parasites, much like cooking chicken gets rid of salmonella, that remains to be seen, but I don't think that we're going to really see the, uh, the actual numbers on that because of the wording of this executive order. If the, the government wishes to play ball with it, um, basically make it so that uh, act now and 
release information later is going to be the new modus operandi when it comes to the bioeconomy. Um, now, with this also comes the the whole problem with frankenfoods. Now, I don't have a problem with genetically modified organisms. Uh, the reason why is because pretty much almost everything that we eat, including things like corn on the cob, is a genetically modified organism. The United States, well not the United States, but human beings in general have been modifying uh, the genetics of plants since time immemorable. Uh, doing it via breeding as opposed to doing it in a lab is really not much of a difference, so to speak, in result. Methodology, of course, but not in result. Um, but I'm reminded of uh, a game I used to play. It's, it's since been closed. It's an MMO. It was called Wildstar. And the, there was a big, giant corporate entity that pretty much ran the whole show as far as the, the world where Wildstar was taking place. And um, as a person who traveled through space to get to the planet where Wildstar was taking place... Um, this company, uh, you know, handled all the logistics, the food, the what have you. And one of the things that was notorious about this was they, um, they had these things called cubigs. And cubigs were uh, square pigs, basically. And uh, it was so that they would be easier to transport. And they were just basically grown in the test tube and, uh, 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 you know, grown as adults. You know, there was no child. There was no no infancy or 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 adolescent stage to these pigs. It was you know, lab generated. You're an adult pig, and um, there was like a side conversation that happened during it, uh, where they're talking about the safety uh, or the ramifications of eating cute pig, and uh, uh, this is s somewhat similar. It's a, it reminded me of this. When we get back, we will continue on uh, talking about why all of this is so very concerning to me. Um, I hope to see you. back um just to recap on the whole agricultural thing uh again i am not against uh you know gmo foods because the fact of the matter is most plant life that we eat today and a lot of the animals that we eat today have been created through human selective breeding so it's not uh it's it's an unfair comparison to go well i won't eat food that has been worked on in a lab because um, it's not natural. 90% of what we eat is not um, naturally occurring uh, as it was uh, first encountered by humans. That's, uh, that's a fact. I'm sorry if you don't like it. It's the truth. Um, so genetic info. 
the language here is very non-specific, and that in and of itself is very troubling because it could be just innocent. Well, we just need the genetic info of diseases, and we just mean the genetic info of uh, certain vaccines, and. And that I don't necessarily believe to be true because 90% of the time when the government is saying, you know, this is the information we're looking for, it's not, it's not the, the cover feel-good story that you might think it would be. It's usually something um, um, not so great. And my thought process is, is that this is uh, very prone to being a privacy issue. Um, the alarming language being involved, uh, including developing methods for keeping these this information secure, quote unquote, while sharing it internationally, just it it just rubs me the wrong way, and I'm I'm not seeing anything to instill my trust in uh, the administration and what it's claiming it wants to do here. Um, the, the other problem, another problem, it's not the other problem, but another problem with this is uh, that it, it, it potentially subsidized, subsidized failure. Um, and this happens a lot with government programs, specifically when they're just throwing money at uh, certain companies, is that it's subsidizing that company going, going belly up or failing to reach goals or failing to do anything that it's, it said it was going to do. Um, and, and that's, uh, that's a problem. Uh, I recently got myself, uh, the Margaret Atwood, uh, trilogy, the Mad Adam trilogy, um, which deals with something like this. It was, uh, hinted at me by, uh, trusted friend Star O'Hara and, uh, um, I, I'm going to get through it before I really comment on the on the literary work, but another another face of what we're looking at as far as like a potential future here is um, good old Repo, the genetic opera, um, and uh, and that's that's just the tip of the iceberg here. It's like they the government has no methodology for really making a a substantial uh, guess on which technological which uh, biological technology is going to perform well so all it's really doing is throwing money at something and hoping for the best and that's not responsible governing <laughs> to say the least um, and again in the very non-specific language issue they keep talking about biomass in a very impersonal and unclear way. And let me explain to you what biomass is. Biomass is any biological ingredient. That includes humans, grass, trees, plants, other animals. There's, it's really very nonspecific, and, and I think it's knowingly nonspecific. Um, and that that's really what is very concerning about this executive order um it's it's really an ethical nightmare because it's saying that we'll write a blank check if you're a biotech company and um 
though we'll, we're going to facet in overseeing, it's really more overseeing via Department of Defense to make sure that anything that's valuable to the United States government doesn't get leaked to another country. Um, after the short ad break, we will come back and finish this up. Thank you again for coming back from that ad break. Uh, so what can we do about this? Um, I'm going to be talking about the worst case scenario here, and I want to make this abundantly clear that I'm not saying that the worst case scenario will happen. I'm saying prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Um, so there's nothing politically we can do about this. It's an executive order. There's no... Uh, talking to your congressperson about vetoing it because there is no vetoing it. It is a, an abuse of executive privilege to be doing things like this and you know a lot of people had no bones about saying that it was an abuse of executive privilege when Trump was doing it but oddly enough those people are really silent right now. So first and foremost everything on this list is things you're gonna have to do personally. You know it's not something that you're gonna be doing uh, as a constituency of a politician. First, first on the list is stay healthy. This means you're going to have to mind your diet and you're going to have to exercise regularly. Um, if you are interested in some motivation in that, I am doing a challenge uh, regarding diet and exercise and I am more than willing to cheerleader you as well. Uh, if you want, you can drop me a message on the Anchor app and tell me all about what you're doing, and uh, we can uh, we can hash it out here on uh, the Blasphemous Pope podcast. Um, the reason why you want to stay healthy is because you're going to want to start avoiding medical centers, especially if they are going to be doing lab work. Um, lab work is going to probably be the vector in which uh, data collection, meaning your genetic data, will be taking place on the general population. Uh, the next thing on the list is start uh, sourcing your own food, meaning grow your own vegetables, and if you do have the opportunity, um, start figuring out some sort of small livestock that you can you can manage on your on your own or as a family unit or what have you. Uh, something in the neighborhood of like chickens, quail, rabbits, guinea pigs, uh, whatever. Just get yourself food, uh, your food squared away where it's sourced locally. Um, if you have a, a local farmer's market, that also helps as well. Uh, but do not uh, re be reliant on the overall systems because it seems like uh, the challenges of the system are going to be uh, far more biologically stressful than um, thought before. Off-grid as many utilities as you possibly can. Um, I'm not saying that you have to. I'm saying that, that you have to weigh out the idea of convenience versus your freedom. 
because the dependence on these systems directly affects your freedom to act. Um, I am working on getting uh, some utilities, uh, specifically power utilities, uh, in a decentralized manner. I'm trying to get my information together to do a meditation to help everybody else get to that same page. Um, I am going to be doing the meditation about uh, water collection and water purification, what have you. So you can stay tuned to, to this podcast and I will try to walk you through it as best as I can while I'm walking myself through this information. Um, but you are going to want to seek to off-grid as much of your utility consumption as humanly possible. And the final thing on this list, and this is something I've been talking about since the beginning of this podcast, uh, what, March, February of this year, you are going to need to build a physical community. Uh, Having an internet community of like-minded people is great, and and it gives you ideas, and it gives you um, information that you don't normally have. But this is more of a situation that if it does go horribly bad, you are going to need physical assistance, not, not moral support and not information. And the only way to have that is to have a localized physical community. These people have to be present in your life on the day-to-day, and they have to be on the same mission. These are the two things that are very important when it comes to building a community especially when we're considering the situation at hand. I want to take this time to say thank you for everybody for sitting through this, and uh, we will be seeing you next week for the final sermon, Sermon 20. I hope to see you there.